0: Here we go! Well, I do seem to attract the scum of the earth.
1: Yeah, that sounds about right.
2: Watch out! (laughs)
1: Boy, you are not ready.
2: Pikachu! Do what you were born to do. You are a hero. Finishing this fight.
0: Welcome to episode 22 of Current Gen Podcast. And we just had a false start because Derek needed to yell at me about something. But my name is Tim. I'm here with Derek and Dan. Good evening, fellows.
1: You're just too conservative, hey. Tim. You're too conservative. I'm too.
0: Cons- yeah, I guess. I guess. <laughs> hey, guys. Uh, so, for anyone who listened to previous recent episodes, I did finally successfully get my PC today. I hey. did have it in the back of their warehouse and the scanned it in whatever. Listen, it's it's COVID time. That's what everyone blames everything on. But I did go Karen on them a little bit to to finally talk to a manager who personally walked back there and confirmed it's in this load of items that has not been scanned in yet because we are understaffed and can't get to that yet. We have to do in-store customers first. So. At least there was an explanation and a confirmation. It's here. You just can't have it yet. And so they finally did message me and say, it's ready to pick up. I got it. Plugged it in. And now it's downloading all kinds of updates and whatnots tonight. Mm.
1: So that is that why you came home late?
0: No. I uh, took, uh. We, took our kids up to Denver to to the aquarium uh. out there for a while we did swing by best buy on the way back to pick it up but that was a quick stop okay so i just assumed
1: you were late because you were uh checking the visual fidelity of the pornography (laughs) that you'll be using the pc for
0: i'm assuming it's just for that
1: yeah i'll
0: check that that later that's why i need that 144 so yeah yeah
1: no absolutely for sure yeah you need to see all the
0: you know crevices so for those of you pc (laughs) gamers out there uh let me know what I should do first. What's the first game I should fire up? What should I play? Like right now, mm-hmm. I'm thinking it's probably going to be Minecraft, like sea, sea of Thieves or Gears Tactics. Those are some of the ones that popped up first. And I was like, sure, yeah. I'm, I'm going to play no. those. I'll download those. Sea but, of Thieves uh, would
2: be cool with the water, but I think you should go, uh, if you're talking Xbox Game Pass, you should, you should download Forza Horizon.
0: I thought about it, but that's like 75 gigs. Like, I don't get to play that till tomorrow.
1: What about Gears? Uh, Gears is a pretty sexy game.
0: Yeah. Yeah, e- either one of those. Yeah, they're pretty big. So I'll download probably both of those, honestly, for tomorrow. But for tonight, it's going to be uh, a couple of, couple of other ones. But anyway, but that's not what we're talking about right now. We're talking about console stuff, specifically stuff we're playing. Derek, why don't we start with you? Is there any games you're playing right now that you want to talk about?
2: I actually didn't play Ghost at all this week. Um, so I stepped away from that. I I didn't play much until today, and then that's when I finished off, finally, Breedfall. I think I started it September 22nd, which was like the launch of that game. And I just now finished it August 1st, so almost eh, a little over 10 months to to beat that game. Again, I was off and on. It wasn't like I literally played it 10 months straight, but... Overall, I mean, the only thing I would say that I haven't said before, if you've listened to our show, is if you like uh, Knights of the Old Republic, or even, I would say, if you want something like a more modern comparison, I, I jump back into um, Obsidian's game. Why am I drawing a blank? Fallout? No. Um, I just released one. God damn it. Outer Worlds? Wow. Outer Worlds. Outer Worlds. So, anyway, so, uh, Greedfall would be pretty close to, uh, Outer Worlds as far as, like, the RPG side of it, and, like, even, like, your, your whole point is to connect with your, your characters or your, um, gosh, I, you know what? Just turn the show off. I am terrible tonight. I cannot remember. He's just so flabbergasted like, about how
1: fantastic this game is that he just can't even. Well, I'm like trying I, to talk. You, like, we actually woke Derek
0: up mid-sleep. He was in a deep sleep. We woke him up, and now he's trying to talk. So it's not his fault.
2: Yeah, you shouldn't have started with me. Anyways, I'm going to just forget <laughs> it. I'm just going to say it's, it's a lot like those type of games. It doesn't play like uh like Outer Worlds because that's a shooter. but it, it plays more like fable but like when it comes to like story characters and i would say the most intriguing part of the game is how it it really puts a lot on the player on their choices uh, and they really uh you really see it come to fruition at the end of the game like It does a good job of that Mass Effect, you know, Outer Worlds feeling like, oh, okay, the choices I made with my team, or my party, I should say, "Uh, those characters matters. Like, how I treated the tribes in this this world matters. All that stuff matters, which is really cool, because it's, again, all the stuff that you're doing throughout the game And then when you get to the end of it, you're like, oh, thank God I did this. Or thank God I I cared about these people. Or thank God I I leveled up this. Because otherwise, you would ultimately get a different ending that isn't as good.
1: So it it,
2: it does a really good job of, of putting an emphasis on choice. I would say the negatives would be, for me at least, I felt like the game dragged on. But that's also because I was doing... Every side quest that I could do to build relationships with all these different tribes, to build relationships with my team member or party members. So I extended the game, I think, because I was trying to get the best ending I possibly could.: Nice. Um, nice. So overall so, the ending yeah, overall off. you
0: hold that same opinion you had of it before, where it's a good, not great, or maybe even great, but not amazing type of a game.
2: Yeah, I would say it, it falls into that. I would say it's one of the best like double-A type video games. Nice. For those yeah, who I'm don't sure. know what I'm saying, double-A, I'm clearly saying it's not a triple-A experience. Yeah. It's more mid-tier experience, but it's the best mid-tier experience I've had in a long, long time. That's like, how you feel about Man Eater, buddy. That's <laughs> how you feel about what? Man Eater. Yeah, shark yeah game. I can see like if it that.
1: had a uh, EA money or Ubisoft money, Activision money, like this game would have been probably definitely got more attention. Yeah. It would I have think had, the like, that stuff where
2: it back. fell short was uh, the invisible walls. There's a lot of invisible walls. You're in this open world that's not really open. There's a lot of invisible. walls. Uh, the gameplay, while you do, like, as you level up, you do unlock some cool stuff, it really is just kind of repetitive, whereas I think if this was a bigger studio that had more, like you said, financial backing and stuff like that, they could have created more enemies, new areas, uh, just, they could have blown this up, but I, I can say, I think one of the things I really, really liked about it was the aesthetics. I liked I like that it felt like I was playing a Assassin's Creed slash Fable game as far as how it looked, the world setting, hmm. but when it came to like story and 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 things like that, it felt more like a Bioware game.
1: Nice. Yeah, I like that. Nice. Uh, I like good. that like moose, almost like uh, standing upright moose looking enemy on that sc- or whatever that picture you posted? Yeah, there's some
2: good boss battles. They got a little repetitive when I was OP, but as I got towards the end of the game and I wasn't as OP, I actually had trouble with one where I died like four times. Like I'm like, this dude will not even pay attention to my party members. He is only locking on me, and he was just jumping and killing me. I probably died four or five times. Um, Then I finally figured out what to do with him, but the the other boss fights, yeah, I mean, you can, This I played it all on normal, you could beat them all first try. Like you don't have to yeah. do a bunch of side missions to level up. It's not that hard of a game, but it's a fun experience. They give you a lot of different tools you can use in combat that they make it fun. Like you can just switch it up if you want.
0: Nice. That's pretty awesome. Uh, What made you back away from Ghost out of curiosity? Because that's most of what I've been spending my week doing is more of that. I think what we agreed was Uh, easily in the discussion for best game of the year and probably in the discussion for best game of the generation. What made you fall away from that one this week?
2: I think for me, it was just tired all week. uh, So I wasn't really gaming at all Monday through Friday. And then today and tomorrow are more of my gaming days. And I just didn't feel like booting up ghosts, and was like, I kind of want to finish Greedfall. And I I had had a conversation with Jesse about Greedfall, and he was like, you're pretty close to the end, and he was one of them. He's the only other person I know of that in the group has finished this game. And I agree with his his, uh, point of view on it. He gave it like a 7.5. I would give it a 7.5 or an 8. He also Mm -hmm. said that the ending finishes off Mm -hmm. really nicely. And I think... To be honest with you, while I think obviously all parts of a game matter, how a game ends really, really matters, especially mm-hmm. when you're trying to tell a story, and especially when you're trying to give the player choices. And Greedfall really does nail the ending. Like they really do. You know, I'm not spoiling it, but they at the very end, they're like, here's your choice. And I actually had to go look it up online because I'm like, I want to make sure (laughs) with everything I did, I'm not doing something completely stupid. Because like it was the original choice I wanted to do. Yeah, in a way. I mean, I could have rebooted, done the boss fight, and then just done the other uh, other choice. But like, I just wanted to make sure because I was ready to finish the game. But the one, the choice that I was wanting to do was actually the bad choice. And so I ended mm-hmm. up doing the one that I didn't want to do because it's the good choice because everything I'd done in the game was be good. I wasn't being a villain. I wasn't playing how I was Outer Worlds where I was killing that everyone. That can be tricky with these kind of games, I, right?
1: What's that? That can be tricky with these games because it's like sometimes the option, like when they give you the multiple options, it's not as obvious. So it seems almost like not organic when they don't really kind of blatantly show yeah. you like this is the good one this is it but then also it's almost like too cut and dry like some people right. like kind of like that gray area this,
2: you know not mm-hmm. that i think anybody's gonna actually play this game and beat it the choices were pretty obvious which was good or bad yeah. i just wanted to know if i chose to do what i wanted to do which seemed like the bad choice how impactful was it to basically the universe cuz mm-hmm. that's what's cool about the game the, at the end of the game is you're impacting like the entire island you're on the island you are the world you came from and you're impacting like all your party members so i wanted to know like okay how negative will it be on them and then once i read oh okay yeah i don't want to do that to them <laughs> that's when i was like all right um i'm going to go ahead and do the good choice so yeah. that gives you kind of a clue without spoiling it. There's a huge impact. It's not just a, a, you know, the thing that they made fun of with Mass Effect 3, where they just changed the colors of the ending. <laughs> like, there's legit like consequences to what you're doing or what they're asking you to do. Um, so, again, it's hard to say with us about really What? What were three months away from going in the next gen? This is not a game you would play going in the next gen. So this is one of the reasons why I wanted to finish it and why I stopped playing. To answer Tim's question, why did you stop playing Ghost? I'm not done with Ghost. I just knew I was kind of towards the end of this game, and I wanted to get it done because I knew going into next gen, even though I'm playing on PC, so I'm playing at native 4K, it looks great, 60 frames per second, all that. But I know it's not a game I'm going to want to focus on as we get flooded with brand new games, especially mm-hmm. going into next gen. So I wanted to just finish this one because I already know it's a guarantee that I'm going to finish Ghost. Yeah. But that being said, I was kind of getting a little, I did literally everything you could do in the first <clears throat> act go. Ghost. So when I went and started the second act, I was like, and you're kind of just like, oh, it's a whole new area and I got to do it all over again. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I don't really yeah. want to do that.
0: Yeah. Um. Any open-world game, regardless of the quality, can bring on the fatigue. I mean, people talk about that with Odyssey and with Witcher 3, which I think are two of the best open-world games ever made. Honestly, their quality is amazing, and the stories are great. Side quests are amazing. But if someone says, I kind of just got worn out, I totally get it. And I think with Ghost, it's also similarly a huge game with tons of side stuff to do and some really cool stuff to unlock. And if you take your time on that first area, I'm with you. That second one opens up, and you see... You at the beginning you open up this tiny tiny little corner, and you see how big that second area is, and then there's a third area after that. It does take make you take a breath and go, "Do I want to do this right now? Do I want to take a little break and do something else? Because that's a lot. It is a lot." Yeah. But, but yeah, I've been I've been churning through. What about you, Dan? Are you still playing some ghosts?
1: Yeah, so I'm I'm actually glad that you guys just left off with that. So for me, I am still in the first act. Um, and I've, I've almost kind of been doing that thing where, that I don't want to do. And, and now at this point, I'm like, I definitely don't like the open worlds that are sort of stuck in that way, which is like the check, you know, checking things off the check boxes. Mm-hmm. So I, I've kind of been going to certain, in, I've basically been choosing, like, I'm going to go in this direction. Cause that map is still all grayed out or that area of the map is still grayed out. Do you set um, pins and then just kind of go to them? I mean, I haven't set pins, but like, I, I basically I'll see the question mark and I'm like, I'm going to go to that question mark. So it has started to felt uh feel a little not as organic as I was doing it in the beginning right. and i and i'm i can just tell that i'm not liking that so mm-hmm. i'm just trying to approach it like more how i was doing in the beginning like um that the that ne-
0: the second area will let you do that
1: cuz it is brand right. new again it's all
0: kind of fog of war yeah. again over the whole map and you can just kind of wander which is awesome and by the yeah. way the new environments just look so amazing yeah uh in act two that's one thing i've loved about it too is the new environments because the environments in act act one and that southern half they're amazing and there's a lot of variation but in the second one there's even more variation it's really cool
1: yeah i don't want to beat a dead horse but like like we've said previously like the the whole breath of the wild approach i think that's just what every open world game needs to adopt and add add your own thing to it you know whatever you want to do but i think that needs to be the approach because i i think if you approach it the the You know, there's a billion question marks and you're just going, you're like, I want to go down the list and check up It's just, I don't know. It just, it becomes overwhelming for certain people. Some people love that sort of thing. So, right. Right. But, you know, yeah, I am still enjoying it for sure.
0: But Yeah, I just want to mention my thoughts on it real quick. There's some cool stuff that I found. Like I found the white dye merchant and the black dye merchant. Those guys are both awesome. Ooh, Where's the black Um, dye merchant? Oh, sorry. He's in area two. Minor spoiler. There. Okay. Uh, no, no,
1: it's okay. I figured there would be other other ones. I found the uh, the white dye. I think it's just those two. Guy.
0: Other than that, you just have to buy the armor dies from regular merchants. But mm. there's two characters who are NPCs who you can totally skip. But if you find them, the white dye merchant has really cool dies that are all white themed, and some mm. of them have some designs on them. But it's pretty much for all of your armor and and uh, and and your gear, and it looks really cool. And the same thing with the black dye merchant. So. Uh, both of those can look can make some really cool variations on on your armor so um yeah I, i've really enjoyed i've enjoyed unlocking extra stuff um i'm still hit or miss with my standoffs I've, i would say i'm probably like a two-thirds of the time successful and i don't know like i just have to really sit up and focus uh because those guys will all like the fake outs <laughs> well it, you know who gets me now is there, there's a new and i won't say who it is because it is spoilery but there is a a new um i was gonna say set of enemies but they're kind of like a new faction of enemies in area okay. two that you now have to face and they're just faster and okay. a little more a little smoother than the than the standard warriors that you face off that are a little more obvious like Rah! like they're a little yeah, yeah, more yeah. obvious these guys are much more subtle and it's a little hmm. harder to, to spot their their movement. interesting. anyway i'm loving it dan what else are you playing besides ghost anything
1: uh well, Derek, prepare because I know you'd be most excited for this uh story of seasons, friends of Mineral Town.
2: <gasps> wow! Uh,
1: it's actually a Harvest Moon game, and it's actually a remake of a uh, uh, Game Boy Advance Harvest Moon, but they don't call them Harvest Moon anymore uh, here anymore because I guess that developer started like the separate series, which is Story of Seasons, and
0: yeah, I feel like the publisher owns and the Harvest Moon. Together, name.
1: yeah, yeah. Um. Okay. She's she's been into the Harvest Moon series for years, so like obviously it's like, you know, that's just something we play together. Yep. Um but it's a remake of a Game Boy Advance one and uh it, it kinda shows as far as like the mechanics and, and the town is smaller than some of the other Harvest Moon games that have that are older mm-hmm. but like recent. So yeah. Um I mean it's a cute game because that's just what Harvest Moon goes for but um it definitely feels like a remake of a game that's old and they didn't really add a lot to it. They didn't they didn't give it the Resident Evil 2 remake or Final Fantasy 7 remake uh
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know touch. So um but I mean if you're into Harvest Moon then you probably would enjoy it. Yeah. But um yeah, it's not anything fantastic. It's not special. I I definitely think Animal Crossing As far as those type of games, like us bouncing back and forth right now, because they keep updating Animal Crossing with just some new activities, (laughs) um, is is actually more enjoyable. Nice. Nice. You know, it's fine. Cool. It's just fine. (laughs)
0: Uh, Anything else on your end?
1: Uh, So I did finish season two of Dark. uh, Dude, that show, show I made it
0: through episode one. And I I need to keep trying it, but that show is... It's um it's very dark. It's actually yeah. <laughs> like oppressively so. I was like, dude, I don't know if I can handle this. This looks real twisty. It's like uh fringe and X Files yeah. and Lost all had a baby. And when, it's it's just kind of messed up.
1: Yeah. When I started see I had said previously it's almost like school. Like you need a notebook and you need to take notes. Yeah. Um, which can be exhausting for some people it's like that's just i don't want to pay attention that hard to when i'm watching something
0: well and it's a um, german show so for folks who don't yeah. like dubbed voices in english if that bothers you then you have to do the german voices with english subtitles yeah and if you hate reading if that
1: bothers you then maybe yeah, you'll yeah.
0: be able to watch the show but
1: yeah. i personally think the english dub actually isn't bad and that's how i watch it because yeah. i'm just trying to pay attention to what's going on so i just want them to say it in english so i can just watch <laughs> yeah. and like know what's going on. Yeah. Um. Uh, so Parks and Rec is my favorite, like, just show. My wife and I—that's our favorite show of all time. But um, th- this show is like kind of creeping up there as like just one of my favorite TV shows ever, for sure. Whoa. It's it's it is amazing, Tim. Uh, it like just melts my brain. It's just crazy, just the twists and turns, and just to be honest, like once all is said and done, like I finished season three, and that's the last season. And even if there's like plot holes, whether I acknowledge them, like, or I know that they're there or not, like. It's just such an interesting show, just the characters and like everything that's going on and how like things are connected to each other and people are connected uh, different periods of time because they bounce back between certain years and so on and so forth. It's just it's just super interesting to watch and like it's definitely something I want to go back to and like rewatch like a couple of times just to kind of be like, oh, did I miss that or that person says this later? And I think they said that earlier, so it's like they were referencing that before, but that that was from a whole other season. So it's like, were they planning that far ahead? Like, they knew that was going to, you know, that little thing that someone just said There just seemed like a toss away, like, throw away sort of comment. Like, yeah, it's just, it's it's a great show. I'm super nice. into it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So for your weekly Netflix recommendation, folks, go try out Dark if that sounds interesting to you. You could also... Yes. Watch season two of Umbrella Academy, which I just started. Uh, My Mm -hmm. wife and I really like that show. It's very graphic novel esque. I think it's based on a graphic novel, okay. Um, But it's a uh, kind of a it's a superhero type of a show, but it's it's a different take on one. Yeah. Um, If you if you don't know the premise, it's basically these this group of kids were raised um, in this mansion by this old man, and they all have superpowers of some kind. They were all raised because they were special, and they became this special kind of crime fighting unit. As kids, called the X-Men? Umbrella Academy. Um, it's a little x ish but then, yeah. but it, it didn't take too long. They were like barely teenagers when things kind of fell apart. Okay. And then season one, they're all brought back together because a family member dies. Ah. And then you see all these different circumstances, stuffs going on. It's a pretty cool. First season, I really enjoyed it. And then season two just launched, so I recommend that one if you guys like comic book uh, stories. Um, but I, I've also mainly just been playing Ghost of Tsushima tried to have a few other games here and there I played on the switch some stuff played you know some um uh some sea of thieves with my son one time this week but really it's been a week of just trying to stay alive i had to get covid tested this week cuz i had some fever and headache and fatigue i had like th- 3 of the many symptoms that come with covid thankfully it came back negative did Good. not have it um but yeah that was that was pretty crazy i never had gotten had wait had to wait in line in my car to do a drive through tent and once you give them any information, then you pull up. They say, "Put it in park." You have to turn your car off, leave your window down, and lean back. And then they bring this swab and just shove it way up your nose as yep. far
1: as they can. And they molested your nose.
0: Yeah, it was just, it's just weird. It was just it felt very strange. Like the whole idea of having this big tent set up in a parking lot, and we're all waiting in line like yeah. sheep. This is very strange.
1: It's very, um, uh, you know, like. Post, it's just very post-apocalyptic, you it know, felt like twenty-eight days later. later. Yeah. yeah, like
0: <laughs> yeah. I was waiting to yeah. see someone jump out of the car and start eating someone else. Yeah. Last that, of Us. Yeah, I had that. Had a weird feeling to it, but yeah, yeah, anyway, thankful. I'm very thankful that I'm okay and that my family's okay. My kids, good. my boys, four of my boys are heading off to camp this week. They wouldn't have been able
1: to go if I had tested positive. They would have yeah, had yeah. to stay home. So, yeah. I mean, That's you sound news. like you're pretty much like way better. Yeah, like yeah. My better, my, so. my throat's
0: a little raspy, and I cough every once in a while. Sorry, you've heard me a couple times already, but. Um, other than that, I'm, I'm back to normal. So that is, that is good. So, Hey, listen, there's something that popped up this week that I thought we could talk about might not take more than five minutes, but I'm curious what you guys think. Um, I think it came up as a joke post by our buddy, Kyle Neely, but I think there was also some truth to it as well. And that is, what's the point of a 10 point scale when you really only use the top five points in that scale? Mm. And I was like, well, that's not true. And then I look and I think about it and pretty quickly i come around to agree with it and that's like who who gives things a four how -hmm. many people throw roll out a two um and every once in a while you'll see a really bad game and it almost feels like a joke like what low score can i give this that would be funny i'll give it a 2.1 like what does that even mean yeah so if if it's if it's that kind of scale where you that's a that's a hundred point scale right if it's if you have the first decimal point so what's the point of a 10 point scale especially a hundred point scale if you're really only going to if it's not a great game, you're gonna give it a five or a six, and then, you know, average is seven, good is eight, great is nine, amazing is ten. Like that's usually how folks think about it, I think. So what do you guys think about that ten point or even a hundred point scale? Is it helpful to you at all? Do you think it's kind of a waste of time or what what do you think about the hundred points or even ten point scale? Derek, let's start with you. What do you think about the rating well, scale that's out there these days?
2: I'll say, first of all, as I've gotten older, and I wasn't for this before, but now I am. I think we should get rid of all rating scales. I know they're not going to go anywhere, but I, 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 I now see why they're ridiculous. Um, that being said, I actually disagree with hey because we don't use the bottom five. We should get rid of it. Here's my reason why, and I understand there is a rebuttal to it, so I'll even rebuttal myself. But I'll be that's only to make it clear why I'm saying this. My Folks, issue he's going to rebuttal
0: himself live on air. Look That's forward so to meta. It.
2: That's so meta. <laughs> so my issue is, is, and I always had this problem, especially since when I was younger, re- review scores really mattered to me. Like, I care. Mm-hmm. Now I mm-hmm. don't care as much, but I used to care. And my big thing with uh, a five-point scale, and a lot of them do it by stars or whatever, is I felt like it jumps numbers too much. Like, okay. you, there's too many games to me that can fall between, you know, a six and an eight. Or even if you go, well, you could put 3.5 stars, so that's a seven. But what about a 7.5? That type of stuff. Like, those numbers get lost. Like, for instance, Breedfall is a great example. I feel like a seven's too low, and that would hurt a game like that because it isn't a overly hyped AAA game. So if the highest you can give it is an eight, because nobody's going to give it a five, is or, or not an eight, a four, or a three out of five, that hurts that game because most people are going to pick a three over a four. Okay. And that, to me, hurts a game, whereas it's easier on a 10-point scale to go, okay, this game is not an eight, this game is not a six, it's not but I think it's a little bit better than 7, I'm going to give it a 7.3, or I'm going to give it a 7.5. So while it's not a big deal to bigger games, some of these smaller games that need those little jump-ups on their Metacritic and stuff like that, I think it's easier to score it with a 10-point scale where it's clear to, and let's be honest, this isn't me being like a prick. Like, come on, we've experienced the internet and social media enough to know, there's a lot of idiots in gaming groups. Like they literally don't think at all. So if you <laughs> if you just place a number on something, that's all they see, and that's what they'll go and they'll jump on anything. Yeah. Um, we even have it in our group where all they do is post the Metacritic score. Like ponies are better because pony games are better because they uh, average 93. You know that's all they care about. They don't care about the actual reviews. They only care about the scores. So for me. The point I'm making is a 1 to 10 scale is a little bit more clear and gives gives the reviewer more options on how to score it. Again, my rebuttal was, well, if you want to use a 5, five scale, 1 to 5, you could then still do, well, okay, this game's a 7.5 to me, so I'm going to say 3.75. But that is stupid to me that makes it real real quick
0: let me ask you this derek uh when it comes to the metacritic thing don't you think that's usually a reflection of how good the reviews also are like i feel like in general if something has a 85 on metacritic then if you were to read all those reviews you would get that same feeling of this is a very good maybe even great game and if you have had a 61 you'd get a same like this is an average game this is not a great game but it's also not complete trash so i I feel like the metacritic average and i'm not trying to defend the you know whoever might post that in an annoying way like look this is why my console's better that that part is annoying but i do find at least for me personally metacritic to be a really helpful tool because it it sums up what it saves me so much time from having because it's usually pretty accurate
2: i i agree like i know people find issues even with metacritic because i guess i the problem with Metacritic is they give too much weight to bigger name media sites. I don't remember. I watched the entire video on it and they actually made sense with it that their algorithms are screwed up, that they give more weight to certain sites okay. than they do okay. the smaller ones. Um or I don't remember how it was, but I watched the video and then they also gave me a suggestion to use another site that does it better and it weights it more accurately. And I was like, oh, cool. I should start doing that. And guess what? I forgot the name of that site, so I still go to <laughs> Metacritic. But I still do. I do go to Metacritic too. Because I don't care about reviews as much, I don't find myself watching or reading them. Really, I might do one if it's a game I care about. Like, Ghost of Tsushima. I cared about it, but I already knew, in my mind, I already knew this game's going to be great. So I just watched one review to kind of get a feel for, okay, what did they like, what did they not like. I didn't say, oh, this is verbatim what this game's going to be. And then I went to Metacritic and just looked at the average. Got it. So I do the same thing just to get an idea. Um, But like I said, for me, just... Is it a big deal? No, one to ten, one to five, but for me, the ten, the one to ten gives more. It gives more options for the reviewer, and I think it's easier for the idiots to read. Again, but don't you think?
0: And I want to. I want to get Dan your your thoughts on this too. So I don't want to skip over your thoughts on it. But Derek, don't you think that doubling the options is the problem? Because it goes from being like, well, it's not as bad as a three. If three is average and four is great, then it's it's in between there, and they don't have a place to put that. Okay, then maybe they need two or three more okay. points to work from. Maybe they need a seven-point scale. I feel like the 10-point scale, doubling it, now gives them a bottom four at least that are completely useless. Like, those numbers make no sense on the scale anymore because it's like, like, what's underneath five? Is it bad, really bad, horribly bad, painful to play? Like, what are those... How do you translate those into well, descriptions? because I
2: think with the ten point scale, which obviously can be scaled to a hundred easily, um, it takes you back to like grade schools. We're all about percentages. I mean, that's hey, what I was going to
0: compare it to, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: like, hey, this guy's a good uh, basketball player because he shoots fifty six percent from the field. We understand that. We understand the fifty six is from a hundred, or you could say five point six out of ten. It's easier for our Brains to understand that was kind of the point I was the rebuttal I was going to make about the five point scale was it's not as easy for our brains because you're not multiplying it by 10 anymore, you're multiplying it by 20, and people get confused by that. So, if you give them also, it's a little off putting if somebody gives a score of 3.75. So, I understand that the perspective of well, the one through well, essentially, honestly. The one through five is pointless.
0: It is. You and it's back to what you said with grade five, school. Because if, if you fail, I don't know about you guys, but for us, I think it was 60, somewhere in the sixth, four, low 60s, something like that. Was, the, was, an F. F.
2: was an F, yeah. So
0: if you got a 60% and if you got a 0%, that's still an F. Both of those are an F. And mm-hmm. so what's, what's interesting to me is that I think a 10-point scale or 100-point scale takes us back to grade school era where if it's Below a six, it's a complete fail. There's no room for like, hey, this is actually, this wasn't total garbage. It's just not great. So my total score, when it all rounds out, it's going to be a five point five or whatever. If you look at it from a sports point of view, fifty five percent, that's actually fine. That's it's it's about you know average. If you look at it from a schooling point of view, actually it's better than average for sports. If from but from a schooling point of view, that's might as well be a zero. Five point five might as well just be. A zero, and that's my issue that I take with the one through ten scale is that it takes us back to to the grade school era of things a little bit. But Dan, yeah, Dan, but... turn in on this real quick. I want to hear your thoughts on the one through ten. Do you have an opinion mm-hmm. on this, or it's not that important to you?
1: Um, so I I think if you're going to do scores, I think the twenty point scale is the best one if you're going to do it because then you get the point fives because I you don't want to overcomplicate it, but you don't want it to be overly simple as well.
0: So you can't do like point four. You can
1: only yeah, do that. That's just, half that's step. just okay. dumb. How, how do you how do you say like how do you write a review and and then be like point, you know, eight point three? It's like what but what? Like why why didn't you give it the extra point two? Like what made it not have the extra point two to just make it I eight point five? I think
0: know? if they have a formula that makes sense, like hey, if they have this element and it does it well, then it gets this. Like but if they're coming have just some seems kind so of formula, nitty. then it makes sense. But if yeah. they don't have that, then I'm with you. Like, why eight point four instead of eight point two? What's what's? I, I hear you. Yeah.
1: But I think I think that's why. So I started by saying I think if you're going to do scores, then that's the best because like I think if you get too into the weeds with it, then that's you're just giving more ammunition to like Derek was saying all the morons on the internet that just like see a <laughs> number and they just automatically start jumping to conclusions, which is what a lot of them do. Um, yeah. which is why I also agree that scores should just get thrown right out the window. Because the bottom line is, a lot of people do just scroll down, look at the number, and they just start like you know cheering like, "Oh, my my PlayStation exclusive is so much better than yours." <laughs> blah blah blah. It's like no one's reading the words, right? That's For, true, for the most but, part, I
0: mean, here, here's my here's my thing: as in this day and age, we want to know at its core, is this good or not, and, at, so, and on and on what scale of good is it? Is it Game of the year, good or is it like this? Hey, this is worth grabbing on sale, good or is it this is worth renting, good or is it this is garbage? Don't ever like people want to know if it's good or not. And the best way we've learned to communicate that quickly and efficiently is through a number. And so that's why I think it does make sense to have some kind of score.
1: So, why I don't think numbers should be there anymore is because I think there's something that's better than numbers, and I think that's video reviews. I think really at the end of the day, you're playing a video game, you're seeing it with your eyes, you're holding a controller in your hand, you're playing it. So no one wants to read words anymore, really. Um, They just want to look at a number. But why not actually just like watch somebody talk over playing a game and see what the game is actually like and decide if that's a game that you want to play or not. I mean, really, at the end of the day, you still need to buy the game to really know for sure if you're going to like it. Yep. But, like, we're all just visual creatures. You want to see, the, when it comes to video games, you want to see what it looks like. You, you get so pumped when you see that trailer. And, like, how I was saying with the Xbox showcase, I was like, they didn't really show a lot of gameplay. So, I like, even though I was like, this was still a cool presentation, they showed a lot of great things, like, I didn't get to see what the games looked like. Because that's really, at the end of the day, what's the most important
0: to me. Oh, and, hey, it's a little side note. I did go back and kind of scrub through both presentations. Mm-hmm. Sony's done some kind of mind trick on all of us. They didn't have a ton of gameplay either. It was amazing to me that everyone talked about it as if they did. They didn't have that much, but anyway, we can go on. Uh, they, did, be, they
1: didn't yeah. have that much, but most of their games that they showed <sighs> did have gameplay.
0: It had what looked like gameplay, but we have no idea if that was actual gameplay. I, I don't know, Tim. I mean, we can discuss that I know. in another I'm time. I'm just saying, like they, <laughs> did, they did some kind of mind trick on us that was like, we showed
2: almost all gameplay, and Xbox really, showed what it's could not have been. really a game. mind trick. It's just a bunch of ponies. That's yeah, okay hard. Okay. Yeah, yeah. This is okay. a video
1: game podcast, not a equestrian podcast, all right? Yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, you're right. So oh. <laughs> yeah.
0: Really? So here's, so that... here's the at the core of it, I wanna know yeah. if a game is good or not. And this, let's just say I'm on the eShop or you know, now I'll be on the Steam store mm-hmm. or something like that, and I'll see games on sale. Mm-hmm. And I just want a quick, is this game good or not? I don't necessarily wanna go to a YouTube channel and watch a review. I don't necessarily wanna just glance at screenshots. I wanna know definitively, do most people think this game is good? And so, yeah, you can kind of look at the user ratings on whatever platform you're on if they happen to have them. But like yeah. Nintendo, for example, doesn't have them. Um, so those can be helpful. Those can be a quick you know, glance like, oh, this average is one and a half out of five stars just from users. I'm not going to get it. Maybe that's one way to look at it. Um, but on the other hand, I still like to know definitively from those who do this for a living and those who get early access to it and float out their opinion, I, that's why I like things like Metacritic. I, I honestly I go there a lot when I'm scrolling through the eShop and I see some game that the cover art looks cool. The screenshots and the descriptions sound interesting. It's on sale for like two ninety nine. I'm like, it's only three bucks. I could just spend it. But the problem is I would do that on so many games it would add up real fast if I did yeah. it that way. So I just do a quick Metacritic search to see oh, look at that. It's like it's a seventy eight. But, all right, I'm going to go ahead and grab it. it, it here's it the thing, like though, pretty... Tim.
1: You're yeah. a mature and intelligent individual, all right? <laughs> <laughs> so you look at the number, and you're like, okay, well, I'm not going to sit here and throw a fit as if, like, uh, uh, an 80 uh, or a 90% is bad. Like, some people act like it, uh, games that Metacritic uh, averages in the 80% are bad. Like, some people legitimately are like, that's not good enough if it's in the 80%.
0: That's because their parents yelled at them for getting Bs. That's what that is.
2: <laughs> so, like, like, I would say i even said it with Ghost. i said oh and i don't know if it's changed i doubt it has but the metacritic was like an 84 or an 85 and i was like i'll be honest i feel like this is a 90 plus game i mean i'm not through the whole game but like yeah. what i played of it i'm like don't really understand how anybody could give less than a 90 and that's why um, the numbers are I tricky think- in percentages because it's like, yeah. at the
1: end of the yeah, day, cause... you're going to feel like how you're going to feel. So somebody else giving you your opinion can be useful. But if you're the kind of person that is irrational, and you just like, you hmm. see a number, and, and you're furious about it. But let's say you still go out and buy the game. And then like, you have whatever feelings about it, like, I mean, at the end of the day, you got to have your own feelings about it. You got to go and right.
2: get the game and, and try it for yourself. I, I mean, still think Metacritic sites can exist without numbers. And the way you would do that is you would create a scale for all games media that they have to scale everything like basically a 10 would be a perfect, but you're not going to actually give it a 10. You're just going to say perfect. But You can't say you can perfect. outline man. it differently because perfect people freak out about that. But we have to get rid of <laughs> the numbers opinion. too,
0: though, because I'm with you that the numbers affect the way you think about it because it, it really does. It comes back to grade school for me. If it's a 100-point scale, I'm going to think – if you're below a seventy, especially below a sixty, anything under that is on an equal level of trash. Like that's that's well, just how I, I was think of it.
2: Say, when you were talking about like grade scale. The mm-hmm. gaming media, especially like IGN and Gamespot and all that, they changed that meaning. Like I used to have a problem with that too because a sixty-four percent below was an F. So I don't think I I I'm just gonna say it now. I still feel this way. You give a game a 3 out of 5 or a 6 out of 10, I don't think you're scoring it good. That, to me, is a very flawed game that's not very good. Yet, for a lot of the games media, they'll say, 6 out of 10 is average. Well, first of all, if I get a 6 out of 10 in my uh, class, I failed. That's not average. Um, They say 6 out of 10 is average, 7 out of 10 is good eight out of 10 is great. And then once you get to nine and a 10 out of 10, you're in awesome fill or whatever they want to call it. So you're walking down the
0: road of exactly where I'd like to see ratings go. And I want to get a, personally. So if I, if Tim were in charge, it would be a scale that's somewhat similar to a school scale without the number. It would be an ABCDF. It'd be that kind of thing. So if it's a C, you know that, Hey, you, you're doing fine, but you got room for improvement. If it's a D, you're almost failing. Like I, or something like that. I actually well, it, also like a like a seven point scale that you see if you take a survey, and they'll have questions like in the middle, it's neutral, which would be average, and then it starts to go with you know like mildly agree or mildly disagree, agree or disagree, strongly agree or disagree. Like have you seen those kind of scales
1: before in a survey? There are some sites that do grades. I've and seen. So like if what you,
0: they- If you do it, if you do it on a scale where the middle truly means this is average as games are right now, if you compare to other games, this is kind of on par. It's not going to blow you away. It's also not awful. It's just this is an average game. So that would be a five out of 10 if we did a number scale, which people would write off as a failure. Whereas I would look at it as why can't we just see that as this is an average game? because that's right in the middle, right? It's got room for improvement, but it's also not horrible. So we can't use numbers for that because I don't think it's, I don't think our brains are capable of looking at five out of 10 as average. I just don't think it's possible.
1: I think also another problem is when people see 10 out of 10 or five stars out of five stars, like Derek said a second ago, they automatically um, equate that to perfect.
0: Right. Which that's why that would have to change to something like amazing. Well, or, uh, IGN, yeah. I think, calls
1: the, calls uh, 10 out of 10 masterpieces. Masterpieces. So or, they're or not perfect games. games. They could put a G-O-T-Y
0: yeah. contender. Like, they could put, do those kinds of descriptions yeah. that don't say anything about perfection. It but just like, says, this is at this level of amazing. Yeah, like but that. even
1: though these sites do not use the word perfect, like, this is a part, there is nothing wrong. That's what people, their minds jump to. So that's also... Another part of the whole thing I is agree. when you do get that perfect score, quote unquote, it's not actually implying that it's perfect, but that's what people think. So yeah. that, yeah. you know.
0: Yeah, I'd love to see a visual sliding scale that's even color coded where all the way on the right, it's that green, all the way on the left is red and maybe some different shades in between. And then the, the that every game kind of lives somewhere on that scale. And it's just labeled with amazing and poor on the either end and then maybe in the middle you've got below average average and above average something like that i also want to point out a, again it gets away from the numbers
2: the, bottom, <laughs> the the reason we don't use the bottom 5 numbers is because let's be honest there's not a lot of trash games like Except technically named games am I right? <laughs> yeah or stuff most of the stuff on the switch store if it actually got reviewed would be would be straight trash but most games that are reviewed are these double a and triple a experiences and most of them aren't bad experiences like as far as once okay For most reviewers, obviously I can't speak for everybody, but most reviewers I watch, what they do is they go in and I think they judge the game on two things. They judge it on, does what they're trying to create, does it work? Like, does it technically work? Like, okay, it does. Everything seems to be working. If I push X button, whatever action is assigned to X is working. All this seems to work. And then they judge it, and I think this is the most important part, is then they judge it on, Well, what they made work, does it feel good? Is it good? Do I like it? Am I having fun with it? Is it something I want to experience? The reason why I think a lot of games don't fall in that 1-5 to phase is because they pass that first test of, it works, okay? I don't have any issues with it, it works. So even if they don't like the game, if they can say, it works, they can't trash it to a 2 Because if I see a 1 or a 2, and this is, again, how my brain, and I know I'm not alone in this, works. If I see a 1 or a 2, that means it's a broken, fiery mess. Stay away. Do not touch this. It doesn't even work. Don't you think the same thing for a 3 or a 4, though? Like, if you see a 3, what's the difference? 3 or 4, you might be getting into that range where they just really hated it, but it still kind of works.
0: Okay. Okay. All right, but so you've you assigned, like you assigned some functionality pieces along the way to those lower numbers, which would make sense if they describe it that way. That that would make sense.
1: That's why words are important. But again, a lot of people don't look at the words. They just yeah. look at the numbers. So,
2: yeah, Which like is really at the end of the mind. day... Use your words. <laughs> sure, <so. laughs> I mean, really, at the Love end of the day, every,
1: everyone just needs to understand what they like, be smarter... And just watch video reviews. So, Dan, if you had your way, it it would be
0: all video review based. Would there be any kind of my final verdict on this game is what would your if you controlled all you get to make the pick? What what do they all have to stick with? Is it just watch the whole review? We're not giving you a summary. The whole review was the summary. Is that the way you
1: approach it? I know I'm always just like beating the easy, the easy allies drums, which they do give it scores, the game scores. But I, I, I think they're really good at writing reviews. Um, yeah. And that, um, Brandon Jones, uh, you know, uh, does the voiceover for the reviews. So, like, basically the person who writes the review, review does the script, hands him the script, he reads it out. Um, so I think that really works well with while you're watching the game. Like watching and and like they do really well with like timing, like he says something and then like something really they show like a really cool moment in the game. Like, you know, in Ghost of Tsushima, if you're like lunging down at somebody, stabbing him right in the neck. Um, Just I I think it's more interesting. You're getting a a visual aspect. You're also getting somebody actually telling you about the game.
0: This is why I love that YouTube channel Switch Up if it comes to all Nintendo games, if you're curious, they've done a lot of reviews on ma- major and obscure games. Yeah. Uh, I highly recommend those guys because they do exactly what you're talking about. They'll yeah. play the game and talk about it while they play it. And yeah. that helps me a lot because not only, and they do reviews that they score different aspects of the game and then give it a cumulative score. So it, whether you love or hate their rating system, you still are hearing them describe it while they play it, which is yeah. awesome.
1: It's almost like to me, like if I was, um, if I was just like hanging out with a buddy and I was like, oh, I just got this new game. You want to check it out? And then you pop it in and you're playing it and like he's like, oh, that's pretty sweet. And you're like just kinda talking and like you're showing him things. It's almost kind of like that. It just it feels like almost more organic and yeah. natural, you know? It's almost like you're just listening to a buddy kind of explain a game to you and you're watching it happening and you're like, oh, that does look really cool. I'm gonna buy this. So, so you know. for me
0: it'd be more of a descriptive uh score or rating of some kind, whether it's a letter grade, although I don't think those are quite complete enough. I'd like something in the seven something in the seven or so range of seven different descriptors that starts at poor and ends at amazing. And then it has some things along the way, like average, above average, great, amazing, something like that. So that way there's some clear delineation. Like that'd that be my preference, but everyone have to stick to it because that doesn't translate well to other numbered systems. Derek, last thought from you. What would you pick if you got to decide how everyone must now rate games? Would they rate them at all? And what system would you have them use?
2: I, I kind of like the I think is it's the ACG guy. He does not use a number system. Um, he his reviews are very long winded, fifteen to twenty minutes. So he covers every aspect. He'll go over the little details, you know, um, sound, acting, story, all that. And then his end game is that he basically reviews it reviews it by saying, "Should you buy this day one." Should you wait for a sale or should you rent it or never buy it? And those are yeah. his three basically categories. And I've I like that. I've seen that, that before, the skip, rent, or buy type of approach. I've seen that. And going back to what Dan's saying, as you watch him and you listen to him, when he gets to that end, you pretty much already know what he's going to yeah. say. Yeah. because I'm, I'm all in or fully, I hate
0: this. Yep.
2: Yeah, he's fully yep. fleshed out what he's saying. Sometimes he surprised me, honestly. But when he says, buy it day one, he's now backed it up with what? But you have no idea if it's a 10 to him or an 8. He could be telling you to buy a day one that he thought was an 8. You don't know, and it doesn't matter. And you can do a Metacritic on it because, again, if everybody was on the same system, I know, again, Metacritic can't control this, but if everybody aligned and got on the same system and said, we're just going to score it with... Whether you should buy this day one, whether you should wait for sale, or whether you should stay away from it completely and then just do video reviews. You can do written reviews. It's fine. People do like to read them. But video reviews are more popular. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you did that, that to me is more effective and you can still have your algorithm average of, well, eighty or 100 sites reviewed this game. 80 of them told me to buy it day one. 10 of them told me to buy, or to buy it on sale, and 10 of them said, don't touch it. Yeah. Boom, there's your percentage. You know, Overall, one, other
0: one, that it's I, a one other one that I meant to mention but I forgot was I've always been a fan of Rotten Tomatoes because they take reviews, and they'll be either marked as a fresh or rotten review. So even if you give it like a, hey, this is an above average, you're generally counted as that's a fresh review. Overall, you liked it. And so there's mm-hmm. really just two sides of the coin would you say this is overall something that was good and you recommend anywhere on that scale or not good and you don't recommend anywhere on that scale? And then they give you that percentage. And I know that's a little bit uh, simplifi- oversimplifying in some cases, but I really like that. That's another way of seeing, hey, overall, everyone who's reviewed this game, whatever scale they use, this percentage had an overall, overall positive review or an overall negative review. So I like that too. But that could that could be something beneficial as well. But...
2: At All the right. end of the day, really, people should be finding guys that they trust. I mean, and then, if you yeah, watch exactly. us enough, if you watch us enough, I think you can kind of trust some of our taste, and you can get an idea of how we feel about stuff. Like, I'll score stuff, but for the most part, the score is irrelevant. Like, I don't even put a lot of thought into it. I'm more about trying to tell you what's good and bad about it in my experience. Yeah. Yep. But what I was going to say is, just find guys, even for me. I trust the a c g guy for the most part, most i g n reviewers I still trust them, although I am starting to fade on that but yeah. they're I do not trust gamespot at all, and i don't think it's're it's all over the place player. they're hard to trust well it, it's a for me that company, and it's been like this for ten years now, this is how they train all the the employees, so even when they bring in new stats staff to be over overly harsh on everything and everything obviously has to be PC. So they score, score things very harshly. Like you have to do something brand new on every game. And I don't appreciate that or care about that, but guess what? They're not only included on Metacritic, but their weight's very high because they're one of the biggest ones. So gotcha. I think it's important just to just find people you trust and go okay. by them, not by just a big Met- Metacritic.
0: Yeah. Agreed. Cool. Well, thanks, dudes, for diving into that with me. I thought that was uh, worth chatting about. I think if if you're listening, I think all of us kind of had that same point of view and that is find an outlet that you trust. And if they tell you it's worth getting and they usually lead you the right way, go with them. Um, Just be honest with your own feelings. Metacritic is a helpful tool to get a quick overview for an impulse buy if you want an idea, but otherwise it's true, it's not necessarily, it should not be the source of all truth. Like if it's the highest Metacritic score of the year, does that mean it should be game of the year instantly? No, but
1: that's a pretty good indicator that it might be considered at least. So yeah, just be honest um, with your own feelings. Don't be dramatic about everything. Just <laughs> go, go find whatever the best outlet, whether it's video, whether it's reading words, even if it's just scores, but like, don't be dramatic about it. Just like you see yeah. it and you're like, okay, I'm going to yeah. sit with that, but like I'll still try to give it a try or rent it or, or yep. something used by use so you can return it, you know, whatever.
0: Totally. I agree. All right, dudes. Well, let's uh, we're going to start winding this episode down. But we're, before we end, we have a game that I want to play with you guys that I've got set up. So get your brains ready. It's only nine questions, so it's not that long. Um,
1: that's what well, You said, said. we're going to hate it. So, I mean, I did. I'm excited. I just,
0: I just know that late in the evenings, no one really wants to play a quiz game. So Well, I'm fine with that. Better. Derek is not fine. I hate <laughs> game. Well, we're going to do it anyway. All right. This is a, an episode of Real or Fake. And no, guys, it's not about what you think. Okay, you're not going to be squeezing anything to determine if it's real or fake. I'm out of here. These are all about obscure video games. So I've got a list of nine obscure video games here, some of which are very real, and they exist. Mm. Were they all rated five or less? Some of which are completely fake, and either I found them online or I made them up myself or whatever. So you'll have to figure that out for yourself. Sure. So let's get into it here. Uh, Number one, is this real or fake? Sugar Rush, an arcade game from Midway, a kart racing game that's set in a Candyland type of world with candy themed courses, racers, carts, and weapons. A pretty obvious Mario Kart ripoff. This is arcade only. Is this real or fake?
2: I actually think it's real. I'll say fake.
0: Sugar Rush was a game that only existed in the world of Wreck It Ralph, the movie. Yes. Oh, okay. it does not that's why exist. <laughs> it does not exist in real life. Although it very well could have, and I think it would have done pretty well because it was a pretty creative little game. All right. Number two Pulseman, developed by Game Freak, published by Sega. This was released on the Sega Genesis in 1994, described as a hybrid. And by the way, don't Google these, you jerks. Uh, described as a hybrid of Sonic and Mega Man, but it didn't hit the US until it was a Wii Virtual Console release in 2009. Pulseman. Say Pulseman? Pulseman. Real or fake? Real. I'm gonna say fake. This one's real, kids. And this one that people think, yeah, Game Freak developed it. It Published by Sega. A lot of folks feel like because it was apparently a pretty decent game, Mm -hmm. uh, if they had brought it to the U.S., Sega could have had a bit of a mascot on their hands uh, at least for a little while there because people liked it. Sonic and Man crossover. The Game
1: Freak uh, part threw me off because I was like, I don't think Game Freak made anything that sounded like that.
0: They sure did. But it was on the Wii Virtual Console. It's the only way that U.S. players could play it unless they imported a copy. All right, so let's move on to number three. This game is called Skull Monkeys. It's a platforming <laughs> game that's a sequel to a PC-only graphic adventure, but this one was a platforming one, published by EA for the PlayStation 1 in 1998. Skull Monkeys, real or fake?
1: Fake. Say fake. Fake.
0: This one's real, kids. <laughs> this a Skull real Monkeys. game, and it has one of the worst cover arts ever. It's funny. People talk about, like, remember the good old days of cover art? Yeah. I also remember the PlayStation 1 and N64 days of some of that cover art. So uh, <laughs> yeah. this is some of the ugliest cover
1: art I've ever seen. But dude, Ninten- um, the Mega Man 1 through 6 on Nintendo. <laughs> yeah. just, with the, just the fat, like, Mega Man dude. Like, yeah, or yeah. just an average-looking
0: dude looking like he's wearing cosplay. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, 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 totally.
0: All right, so Skull Monkeys is real. What about number four? Spaghetti Zone. A clone, of, <laughs> a clone of Qbert, where you control a meatball trying to avoid enemies as you hop down blocks. Developed by Interplay, released on Game Boy in
1: 1992. Spaghetti Zone. Uh, it's fake or real, Derek? I'm going to say fake.
0: You're both correct. Oh. That one is fake. That is fake. Uh, I saw a fake cover of that one so then I made up some details about it.
1: Um it sounds pretty sweet though. I'm all about spaghetti zone. <laughs> the spaghetti
0: zone. All right. Um what about this one? Number 5, Heaven versus Hell. This is a game published by Sony in 2007 as a PSP exclusive. It's a real-time strategy game where players must defend heaven from a seemingly endless demon horde from hell. Is Heaven versus Hell real or fake?
2: Fake.
1: I'll say, uh, I'll say fake.
0: This one's fake, but it does exist in a world not of our own. It actually exists in the universe of South Park in ah. the episode Best <laughs> Friends Forever. But here's, <laughs> here's the twist in South Park, is that the game is actually divine, created by God for real, and ah. he's using it as a way to find generals who have the skills to save
1: heaven. <laughs> <laughs> that actually sounds vaguely familiar. I might have seen that episode. Yeah, it's an old South Park episode called Best yeah. Friends Forever. So I couldn't resist that one. That Doesn't Kenny good. get all up in that? That's yeah. one of the episodes he died and then he's up there like as a general? Okay, yeah. I, th- I think I remember that one.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. All right, number six. War of the Monsters. It's a two-to-four-player fighting game where players control large monsters in destructible city environments, published by Capcom for the PS2 in 2003. A side note, you can't use any actual licensed... Monsters, so any of their names were actually changed, kind of like when they had football games that couldn't use real NFL teams, and it'd be like mm-hmm. the San Francisco football team or whatever. <laughs> um, so anyway, that's ridiculous. No, no licensed monsters in this War of the Monsters game. Is that real or fake?
2: Fake,
1: uh, that one's real.
0: That one is real, came out on the PS2 in 2003. I actually knew that one. <laughs> uh, like for example, instead of King Kong. the the giant monkey character is a gorilla character is like Ringor or something like that. Like his name is just a, a, not a King Kong name. So anyway, sure. But you know who it's supposed to be. All right. Number seven, starfighter, a space uh, combat game. It's an arcade only space combat game inspired the last starfighter movie. And it was published by Atari in 1983 starfighter real or fake.
2: Real.
1: I think that one's real.
0: That one's fake, but they uh, did—they did use a fake version of it in the movie, where they actually okay. did use that to recruit starfighters
1: for the last okay. starfighter. Yeah, there's something that sounds—I think there's something titled very similar to that, and that's what I was thinking of. But
0: yeah, that is—that one's not real. All right, number eight. We're almost done. Number eight. Now, thank you for playing along, by the way. This stuff was pretty fun for me. Uh, Uniracers. This one's published by Nintendo in 1994 for the Super Nintendo. It's a 2D racing game with riderless unicycles doing stunts for speed boosts as they race to the finish line. Is Uniracer's real or fake? Fake. I'll say real. Real. Uniracer's is yeah. real. Yeah. Um I actually remember playing that game. My brother and I played that when we first got our Super Nintendo and we were like what should we play and that was one that just happened to be <laughs> at um was it Hollywood Video? You know, one of those old rental places yeah. where you're looking at the cases yep so yep. anyway i remember Unit racers all right last one space giraffe a 2007 xbox 360 game from Llamasoft. why wasn't it called llama Dura- or uh, space llama i don't know, I don't know. um arcade style space shooter with psychedelic visuals and crazy music and um it's kind of like a fixed position arcade style shooter called space giraffe is that real or fake
2: Fake to me, but I've been wrong about 90% of them. <laughs> I want it to be
1: real, but I'm going to say fake.
0: That is super real. And you can oh, go download it? <laughs> it right now. It's actually available on Xbox <laughs> All right, one as well. be right back. Yep. 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 Space Giraffe was very real. There we go. There's our nine games. We had one, two, three, four fakes in there, and then five reels. There's some really obscure
1: games out I there. I did not folks. keep track, but I think I beat you, Dirk. So.
2: Uh, yeah, because I missed like the last
1: four. <laughs> so there you go. There's our
0: there's our most recent edition of real or fake. Thanks for playing. All right, let's wrap things up with any headlines. I actually don't have any headlines for Nintendo, but again, I was in and out of the world of consciousness this week, being sick. So if I missed something, I apologize to everyone. For the most part, Nintendo only talks about Animal Crossing these days. So mm-hmm. hopefully someday they'll come out and start saying some other. More exciting things for the fall but so far i have not seen anything significant
1: can i throw um, out the uh, that update for animal crossing sure sure so it already went into effect uh so firework shows on sundays apparently mm-hmm. um you can customize your own fireworks so that's pretty cool um and also there's a there's a whole dream uh thing now where so you can visit people's islands obviously uh, but i guess with this dream thing you basically visit someone's island through a dream but like you can't touch anything i i don't know why they made this specifically because i guess maybe if you just want to share because you basically get a code and you can share it with strangers so i don't know if they just did that so it's easier to kind of be like come check out my island um Mm. as opposed to have you know maybe with your friends you know there you go closed environment
0: but if you're playing some animal crossing there's some updates or there is a major update you can Look forward to To their credit, listen, if you like Animal Crossing, Nintendo's supporting that thing like crazy. So that's fantastic. Yeah. For, Fall
1: update, they're coming as well.
0: For those who are playing it. By the way, before we talk about anything that's on Microsoft, I did want to mention I fired up Fable Anniversary on my Xbox One X the other day because Derek had mentioned that it's Xbox One X enhanced. And I was like, well, what does that mean? Let me have a look. And listen, that game is actually not that fun to play anymore. The, the controls <laughs> on the original Fable game just aren't great. I think mm-hmm. Fable 2 is way better and 3 is also pretty good. But um, the original Fable, I don't think it holds up as a fun game to actually play anymore. You can get used to it and you can play it, but I just didn't love it. But visually, despite the fact that it's all very jarring and stilted, the animations, it's all very dated. It surprisingly looked pretty clean and clear and good. Like the lighting actually looked pretty good. Like I was, you can tell they, they tweaked it a little bit, which was cool yeah. for the the Xbox
1: one. X. Dude, Peter uh, Molyneux had like such high hopes for that. I know. Like I remember them talking about that. That took a while to make, right? Like it was many years.
0: It did. Yeah. And overall at the time, he and I stand by this, it was fantastic.
1: Was yeah. yeah.
2: That's what he was
1: known for, right? So, so uh,
0: Derek, anything going on with Microsoft that you know of that's worth saying, Sharon?
2: Yeah. I think the biggest thing was um, the whole Halo debacle. There's a couple, I think important, news items for halo uh first there was a response by 343 well really they shared two things they did respond to the graphical issue that we talked about on last week's show um basically and again this kind of aligns with what i had already said and this came out after the show and that is the, the Person that responded for 343... don't remember the name. It might have been Chris Lee or somebody else who spoke for 343. But basically what they said is... Hey, you guys are comparing it to the recent Halo games. We went back and created this game to look more like the original Halo. So that's why the look is not the same. Because that was a, one, of, one of the other things. Yes, people were just criticizing the look of the game just in general. But a mm-hmm. lot of comments especially the the throw shade at it, was to say Halo 5 looks better than this game. And Halo 5, first of all, is way, way more linear, way more linear than any other Halo game. Um, But also, that that style of game, the aesthetics and everything, is different than what they were going for here. They were going for a more nostalgia look. I also watched a Digital Foundry video where... Again, this could have been them making excuses, but really he did an entire video explaining how uh, the new Halo game is set with real lighting, like meaning like it, it, it's a system that's built into the game and he was comparing, comparing it to The Last of Us 2 where The Last of Us yeah. 2 has stand, standstill lighting. So they actually create where the sun is going to be and it doesn't move while you're in that area. The lighting doesn't change. Of course, it moves based off where you move the character, but the lighting is not moving. The character is moving. In Halo, in this new one, ha- Infinite, it's not based off just where the character is. The entire world, the lighting, the system is moving in real time. So they were explaining how the entire demo was set in shadows. The entire, And he was showing it. He's like, the entire demo is set in shadows. And so when you're in the shadows, it actually takes away from the detail because you're hiding a lot of the detail in the shadows. And he broke it down, you know, in the only way Digital Foundry did. So I thought that was a couple of noticeable things where cool. 343 was basically saying, hey, we're going for an older look, but, and they did end with this, we've got a lot of work to do. We've got a lot of things to fix. They also did give us a, a kind of an official timeline of when this demo was created meaning that it is about a month old, which isn't a, a, a real, like, like a lot of people like to make excuses, be like, this is a six-month-old demo. This is only about three weeks to four weeks old. Um, that being said, if you've worked in the industry, especially when you're getting closer to launch, you can fix a lot of the stuff that they were talking about in the demo. You can fix it in the last
0: a lot like, of the things you months. described there with whether it's lighting position and all that, that's not going to be really visible until you play the game on a nice high definition yeah. screen and great. Yeah, screen. There are parts is not gonna... of the demo.
2: Yeah. There were parts of the demo where the sun is actually on the world when yeah, he's that looked in nice. the, the mm-hmm. and it looked nice. It was whenever yeah. he was in like combat out of outside of the, the I'm forgetting the vehicle's name, of course, I can't remember anything tonight, but when he's outside of that and he's just running and gunning, yes. he's yes. The warhawk. He's always in shadow. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they even made light of the, the, the meme Craig and all that stuff. So that's just <laughs> the news on the graphical side. The other thing I wanted to bring up is real quick. They announced that, um, Multiplayer is going to be free to play, and then on Series X, they're shooting for 120 frames per second. Jeez, yeah. Yep. Only way you can hit that, and people need to start paying to this, is if you're dropping the resolution down to 1080p, or or maybe maybe 1440p. But I'm telling you, it's got to be 1080p. Well, we all saw Craig's for face, this. so
0: we know it's not going to be more than 1080p. <laughs> So it's right.
2: 720, like, was 720p. Clearly, was clearly 1080p at that Without a doubt, 720p. Well, multiplayer for free, free is no
0: joke. That's a big deal. That's usually one of the big selling points of the Halo franchises is the uh, the multiplayer. So that's a big deal.
2: I'm wondering if well, we the, talked about. It. That I think we talked about last show with everything going on Game Pass, you're even getting access to the campaign for. for that first month you can definitely beat the game in in one month the campaign so you're paying $15 for and i wouldn't be surprised when you buy the series x if they offer like 30 day um, Mm -hmm. game pass ultimate launch code um -hmm. but my point is is you're going to have access to the campaign already the multiplayer this is a great idea because again people need to stop getting away from. Microsoft just trying to sell you a console. They no longer care about that. Again, they're gonna try to sell you a console, but that's not their main objective. They're trying to sell you services. They, yeah, want, they want you to, to be like to
0: having them. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes, yeah, they want you in their like ecosystem. Model. They want you in. They want you in their their model, and they want you just like Amazon Prime. If I don't buy anything from Amazon for the whole month, they still got money from me. Mm-hmm. They still got thirteen, fourteen dollars, whatever I pay every month, and do you know why I won't cancel it? Because of all their services. I'm like, ah, I can watch, I can watch Prime shows. I can, I yeah. can, I can listen to music. That alone so is worth the I'm price. Okay. from them. I'm still, I still need their services. Yep, agreed.
0: Same thing. Agreed.
2: With Xbox going for
0: Yeah, I think so too. Uh, Dan, what about with Sony? Anything going on over in that camp?
1: <clears throat> um. Yes, but actually, real quick, because obviously Derek doesn't seem to care. I put it in his category. Uh, Because on the Xbox episode, he was talking trash about PSO2, New Genesis, all right?
2: Uh, I purposely ignored that, just so you know.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're a scumbag, I get it. Um, Go put that on the PlayStation. Well, I'm not going to, because they showed it at the Xbox showing you. You dummy. Uh, So it actually is like a new game, but it's like a new game slash expansion. It it does take place like Fantasy
0: Star Online two, right? Yeah.
1: Yes, Fantasy Star Online two. It um, takes place like a thousand years past uh, PSO two, and it is like from the ground up, like a new engine. It's a new game. Um, You're actually gonna be able to transfer the character that you make in New Genesis between the two. So, like, if you do play PSO two right now, like, and then you go to jump over to that one and kind of start a new character you can just bounce back and forth. Hmm. Um there you go. Yeah, it, it is technically a new game. The combat is different. It's going to be flashier. Uh the wor- the environments are going to be different cuz they they're a little more corridor um esque like mm-hmm. now and like with older uh fantasy star online games. This one looks like it's going to be a bit more open almost like um uh what is it Xenoblade, uh, Xenoblade mm-hmm. Chronicles? I mean not to that yeah. scale but, like, a little more like that, which is cool. So I think with, like, cool. the combat being a little more uh, uh, fast and and the open areas, it, it'll be a bit more interesting. Nice. Um, well, hey, I'm since super... you love
0: Xbox stuff so much, uh, yes. I heard that an Xbox game's coming to PS4. So you yeah. must be really excited to finally be able to play this masterpiece. I mean, why does anybody even show? need
1: to buy an Xbox anymore? I mean... Nintendo got Ori. We're getting Cuphead. Like, I mean, you know, what's the point? So. <laughs> yeah, so
0: Cuphead's on PS4. But Dan, here, let me ask you this. Because Nintendo got Cuphead and Ori. Do yes. you think that Microsoft will publish or allow Ori to be published on PS4 as well? I feel like that might happen. I don't know.
1: I mean, I feel like it would have happened then, right? Like, why? Why? I don't know. But I mean, then again, they also had Cuphead on Nintendo and then now we're just getting it on PS4. So, right. I mean, I, I don't know how that...
2: Cuphead is owned by... No. But Whereas I mean Microsoft has full rights to I uh, think Ori. Do I'm that? not
0: sure what that agreement is with Moon mm. Studios with Ori or, yeah, or I mean, not. Moon but... Studios
2: is pretty much locked in for many, many years with yeah. so if 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 Ori ever comes over to a PlayStation platform, it would be kinda like the Mass Effect thing where it will take forever and then they wouldn't release really on PS4, it would be PS five by Yeah. PS six.
0: So listen, Um, this last one I want to talk about is, I know it's a Sony thing, Dan, but do you want to talk about it? Do you care about the series the same way that I do? Because if you do,
1: go ahead and introduce it. Otherwise, I'm so excited. So I never played one or two, um, but I did play, I I finished three, and I think I played a lot of four. um, But I really, really liked uh, the third one on PS2. And that was the first one I actually played. Yes.
0: Yeah, the Suikoden series from Konami back when Konami made video games. Stupid Konami. Um, and I think the very best one is Suikoden Two. It's usually pretty universally mm-hmm. loved. Yeah. And for good reason. It's just the it's just the best. Yeah. And the visuals still look really cool. Their art style they chose to go with was awesome, and the combat system was cool. And the whole idea of the Suikoden series is that there's these 108 stars of destiny, and those are all characters that you can then recruit to your army. Not all of them can join you in battle, but most of them can. The rest of them might help you in your castle to, you can buy information or or hints from them, or they'll set up a shop or whatever else. And even then, if they're a shop owner, a lot of times you can level them up and take them out with you and they'll have their own unique set of weapons and stuff. Um, But a really, really cool game. It was just awesome. I really loved 3 on the PS2 as well. I'm with you there. Although the art style doesn't, the the polygonal kind of art style doesn't hold up quite as well. Yeah. That was the depth of the three after that. It kind of started taking a a dip. I didn't hate four or five, I actually thought they were interesting. I just didn't love them the way I did one, two, and three. So, anyway, the creator of Suikoden is launched. He launched a Kickstarter and he actually grabbed a couple of the other developers from other Suikoden games. Um, and they are making a game called, at least right now, they're calling it the Ayuden Chronicle 100 Heroes which yeah. to me sounds a lot like it's going to be very sweet End like, right. You're going to have a yeah. hundred heroes that you can probably recruit. I'm going to assume. Yep. Um. It's, a, it's so they started out with a goal of 500 K to get it started and to get it released. I'm assuming at least on PC to get things going. Um. But within that first day they hit their second tier, which was 1 million and that would get it out on all consoles. They hit it like right away and yeah. they're already over. I checked this two days ago, so I'm guessing now it's even more, but they were over 2.2 million when I, um, When last i checked two days ago um so and they've got all these really cool goals as it levels up like hey we're going to include a new fishing mini game if we get to this or we'll include you know this ability or something like that or this this character will now be able to use this set of skills or something so basically they're going to make the game more and more in depth more mini games more things to do uh the more money they get so and they're they're, um... targeting fall 2022 for this game
1: it's too long of a wait, unfair uh so what are they three days in now or if it starts at the 30 day mark and they have uh 2.5 million so. that's crazy that's yeah. really crazy um yeah that, very excited for, about this one that, that's what i loved about like some of these older rpgs just the systems yeah and like i love building towns or like yep. rebuilding towns and like at and like recruiting people and then like yeah, there's shops in like just other towns that you visit in the game and the story. But when you have your own town, like so you're, different. Le- you're leveling yeah. that up and they have unique items. So you're like, oh, let me, yep. Ooh, I just upgraded it. Let me see what kind of new stuff they have. Like, Yeah, the Chicken just-
0: End games had everything from little races you could do. There's certain characters that wanted to race you. Uh, you could do a cooking mini game so you could find recipes throughout the game. They also had ways you could change the sound effects. Or the, the little windows around dialogue and stuff like that. But you had to find yeah. that stuff in the world. And in certain characters, there was a guy who was a window maker. And his, the whole idea there was it would change the window around your text boxes as you would find those items for him. Yeah. So, little things like that to just edit your own game, which was really cool. So anyway, I'm very excited about this. The Kickstarter stuff looks great. The screenshots they put together looks like they saw Octopath Traveler. And were like, ooh, what yeah. if we did some Octopath Traveler type aesthetics and mix it together as so we could two? And, mm. oh, oh, it's just gorgeous. Yeah. So, so cool. So I'm excited for that one.
1: Two years away, though.
0: Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> but hey, if they keep getting more money, who knows? Maybe they'll be able to add another staff member and move it up <laughs> sooner. Who knows? Um Anyway, well, that does it for us this week. Thank you guys for staying up late to talk about obscure video games and about uh weird rating systems that we would like to see implemented. I think mm. what we landed on was that we just want to know is it trash or not? So that's Derek's system is just, is this trash? Yeah. I think that's the best rating system there
1: is. I think the best rating system is people should just be smarter and just figure things out. Just just figure it out. Just be smarter.
0: So Thank you all for listening. Thank you. Those of you who are listening for the first time as well. We'd love your feedback on stuff. (laughs) Wait, what? Oh, okay. There it is. Uh, We'd love your feedback as well. So if you go to anchor.fm slash current gen, you'll be able to find our, kind of our listing for the show, but you can also leave us, um, uh, there's like a voice message or a voicemail thing you can leave us, which is cool. It's a feature that I mm. haven't really looked into at all, but if you guys want to leave us anything, um, that'd be awesome. The dangerous and game, Tim. Thank the you. biggest, it's... yeah, f- leave it. <laughs> Who knows? I'll let, I'll make Derek listen to all of them. Is your refrigerator running? <laughs> um, but the last thing I'll say is if you could give us a rating or a view on whatever platform you listen on, that would be awesome. We would really appreciate it. So thank you guys. Enjoy we just your got week. a rating
2: but somebody keeps like getting angry at our posts on our, on our public site sweet good <laughs> let's keep that going
0: alright thank you guys we'll talk to you next week see ya peace here we go well I do seem to attract the scum of the earth
1: yeah that sounds about right watch out boy you are not
2: Ready.
1: Do what you were born to do. You are a hero.
2: Finishing this fight.